The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, Telesouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of Telesouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. Thanks a lot for being a consistent listener of the Advisors Roundtable, and thanks a lot to all of our sponsors that make this thing very possible. Bubba, uh, how do you keep up? With the IRS and the SEC and FINRA and the New York Stock Exchange and the state insurance regulators and blah, blah, blah. How do you keep up? Well, you know, we've got these fancy little devices that most everybody carries around in their pocket. Do you read something every day? Oh, I, I, I I don't even know how many things I read during the day. All right, because you get constant updates yeah, on yeah. various products and, right. and different regulations and rules. And already this morning, we've, yeah. I've already learned that uh, the IRS has updated their mileage rates, yep. uh, which was pretty exciting news, uh, <laughs> yeah, to 62 and a half cents per mile. Considering how much yeah. it costs for a gallon of gas in America these days, I guess we need to be able to write off a little right. bit more, right? Right. Right. Well, one of the ways that we keep up, in addition to the little telephonic device that you walk around mm-hmm. with, uh, and your computer, and your constant updates from email and different regulators and that sort of thing, is uh, we get visits. Yeah, we do from uh, various product offering companies, from from mm-hmm. fund managers, that sort of thing. And today, uh, here on the radio, in the studio with us. We have a representative from Pack Life, yeah. Will McDonald. Will, it's always good to have you around in Corinth. Thank you very much for having me. I love coming to Corinth, and it's a pleasure to be a guest on the show today. We've got an intern in our office, yeah. and I was kind of explaining the different roles that, that you can take in finance, right? Yeah. You know, you, and he's getting a finance degree, that sort of thing. He thinks that he may want to be a financial advisor, but just has no clue. Right. And uh, I said there are other a- avenues that you. I mean, you could be a portfolio manager. You you could do. You could be an analyst if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. You could be on the wholesaling channel, and I'm I'm going to get into that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could go work at a big corporation and and be in their finance department. There's a number of different avenues that you can pursue with a finance degree. Right. Uh, in addition to banking, a, which most yeah. people, if you stopped them on the street yeah. and said, my son's getting a finance degree, they right. go, oh, he's going to be a banker. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But I, I, I explained to him and he said, well, what's a wholesaler? And mm. I said, well, um, let me explain it to you this way. Mm. Typically, when you go to the doctor's office, mm. they've got various drugs that they can prescribe to you or mm-hmm. various products that they'll use in surgery and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And they're, they are basically provided by a wholesaler. So in the financial industry as well, you've got individuals who market products, right, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. financial advisors to use. So these wholesalers in the healthcare mm-hmm. uh, arena are usually called... Sales reps, yeah, yeah, yeah. medical Pharma, device, pharmaceutical, yeah, pharmaceutical reps, sales reps, that sort of thing. yeah, that sort of thing. And so we have mm-hmm. finance reps, right? We have people from these various companies, yeah. mm-hmm. Fidelity, Pack Life, whoever. Now that may be an oversimplification, Will. I, I don't know, but would you say that that's kind of is that how line? you explain it to your kids you know, what you do? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> even to the to the 
common friend or uh, social acquaintance, usually if somebody asks me what I do, the first thing I say is, are you familiar with what a pharmaceutical rep does? Mm, uh-huh. And when they nod their head, I say, I do the same thing, but instead of doctors being my clients, it's financial professionals. Right. So I don't sell to the individual user, I sell mm-hmm. to the professional. So how did you get into this? Did you have the proverbial finance degree and try banking and say to heck with that? Or yeah. did you get a, a law degree? How did, how did you get here? Yeah, a little bit of both. Uh, mm-hmm. It's funny, Bubba mentioned intern in the office mm-hmm. a little while ago. I actually got my start in the business as an intern okay. at a broker dealer. It's not, a, not around anymore, but mm-hmm. Morgan Keegan yeah. was the name of the firm out of Memphis and yeah. had a strong reputation for many years until Regions bank came in and bought them and then later transferred out to Raymond James but long story short that's how I got my business uh got my start in the business I should say okay Uh, um started as an intern and of all the places they could have put me inside the broker dealer and the analyst department or the fixed income department or the stock I ended up in the annuity department Mm. of all places so uh little lo and behold did I know or little did I know that uh, over time I would stay in this business Mm-hmm. Till today, 25 yeah. years later. Kind of create so. a career out of it. Yeah. yeah, and it's been a fruitful career, and yeah. all things have been good. But uh, 25 years ago, I would never dream that, you know, working a summer internship would yeah. land me in the position I am today. So the average person listening to the show out there, they think, pack life, Pacific life. Oh, that's the whale <laughs> in, in, in that commercial on the football games. Yep, yep. Right? That's us. Is that so, the same thing? 150-year-old company, the oldest yeah. insurance company west of the Mississippi. And... Yeah. Uh, highly rated and everybody does know the whale. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we do a lot of target advertising, uh, especially in sporting events and news channels mm-hmm. uh, to kind of get our name out there, but everybody recognizes the whale. All right, yeah. so Pacific Life, uh, an insurance company. Insurance. Various products in the insurance business you guys offer? That's correct. So everything from life insurance to mutual funds to annuity products. Or, okay. Those are kind of our, yeah. we do structured settlement work as well. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. All right. Of our wheelhouse. All right. So for us, uh, usually we're talking to you about mutual funds or the annuity side. Correct. For our for our clients, uh, tell us a little bit about the mutual funds that you guys specialize in and, and that you yeah, talk so, to us um, about. You know, uh, any given mutual fund company can have a menu of two funds to a hundred funds. Mm-hmm. And some can be stock funds, some can be fixed income funds, some could be ETFs, et cetera, et cetera. Where Pacific Life has made their mark in the industry has been on the fixed income side of the house. Which is bonds. Which are bonds, correct. And so with that, it it should be of no surprise if you stop and think about it. When, As an individual investor or individual person, most everyone out there owns some form of insurance, whether it's life insurance or disability or health insurance, whatnot. And every month when you own that insurance, you're required to pay a premium, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So with those premiums, what you may or may not know is when you send in your check or direct uh, withdrawal from your account to pay those premiums, those premiums go to the insurance company and the insurance company is required by law to invest those money in their general account. And inside that general account, typically those are the monies used to pay out claims when claims happen for other policyholders. Mm -hmm. And so uh, as a requirement uh, by the government, basically, the uh, general account is required to be invested very conservatively. Most of the investable assets at any given insurance company's general account are invested in bonds, mm-hmm. right? So I would argue that most insurance companies should be resident experts in managing fixed income because mm-hmm. that's what they've been doing for centuries, <laughs> right? So, yeah. right. so uh, it should be no surprise that when, when the mutual fund arena of Pacific Life is focused in the fixed income or bond arena, it's our natural expertise. Gotcha. Uh, not and, only pack and one life, of the reasons they do that is because if a claim does occur, 
they've got to have the, the capital in order to pay that claim, correct? That's right. Yeah. And, and you don't want capital that's moving yeah. alongside the equity markets that can be a lot more volatile. Because so, they could be up by 50% or they could be down by 50%. That's right. And fixed yeah. income typically is a lot more stable. And I want my mother's claim paid. Right. And I don't want it <laughs> being dependent on Wall Street, right? Absolutely. absolutely. All right. We're up against a break here with Will McDonald, uh, Vice President with uh, Fact Life. And we're going to continue here at the Advisors Roundtable. Uh, table with a discussion with him uh, in the next segment about annuities here from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you right here on Super Talk Radio. Today we have uh, with us, we're honored to have with us, Regional Vice President with Pacific Life, Will McDonald. And Will, we talked in the first segment a little bit about mutual funds and, and Pack Life's approach to that. Let's talk a little bit about annuities. First of all, uh, let's go back to uh, you know introductory school. What is an annuity? Well, that is a, that's a loaded question mm. because annuities come in all shapes, forms, sizes, et cetera, just like asking me, what is a car? It's like, well, they're 18 wheelers or pickup trucks. They're, they're, uh, you know, Porsches and sports cars out there. So annuities in the same breath are, are very different, but essentially they're, they're tax deferred vehicles that are designated or designed to be supplemental retirement vehicles okay. that you can buy either today and, and decide you want immediate income or down the road as a deferred annuity and say, this is really, I'm putting this away to save for later. But of course they come in fixed fixed products and they also come in variable products so okay that's a that's a very vague answer yeah, a very no, broad no, answer no, no, but no, no. we can get more specific so let's start with yeah. immediate yeah. annuities yeah. so an immediate annuity is is what yes yeah, why so would i use an, an immediate annuity an immediate annuity is probably the, the purest form of the annuity and that's what you might associate with whenever you hear about somebody winning a lottery or something like that and you, you generally hear the advertisement you can take a lump sum or you can take annuity payments mm -hmm. well annuity payments are designed to be a, a trade-in of some lump sum of cash value in return for some lifetime or periodic form of payments that can't ever be outlived or that are going to be guaranteed yeah. at a set amount for, for a designated period of so time. So if you were a high school kid and you signed a big baseball uh, uh, contract with the, 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 the Braves or, or the Cardinals and they gave you $10 million and and your mom said, hey, we're going to take $5 million of it and you'll never run out of money. That's right. Yep. That's good. And so you take $5 million and put it yep. in this immediate thing and suddenly next month I start getting a payment. Yeah, that's right. And the payments are determined by virtue of your age and gender. Mm. So they look at the life expectancy table and basically decide how long do we think is an insurance company you're supposed to live. So if you're 25 years old signing this big contract, the actuarial table may say you're supposed to live 40 years. Mm -hmm. So the payments we take that $5 million and base it on is the fact that you might live 40 years. So mm -hmm. we, we factor in some internal rate of return interest rate mm -hmm. coupled with the number of years we expect you to live, and that determines your payout. And obviously the payout would be different if you're 70 years old because mm -hmm. we're not expecting the 70-year-old to live as long as the 40-year-old mm -hmm. or the 25-year-old. Right. So I mean, the 70-year-old would have more monthly or annual income. That's right. The older you are, the more we're ready to pay you. Right. That's exactly mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Right. All right. So uh, that's the immediate annuity. You put but, the money but in now, and immediately. In, in either case, the 75-year-old or the 25-year-old, let's say that in purest form, an immediate annuity, you get started and you live for a year. 
Mm-hmm. Right. You take your income, then you die. Right. Mm. What happens to what the money that you gave? That's to a the- great question. Mm-hmm. And so when you uh, when you purchase an immediate annuity, the idea is you have a number of different payout options to choose from. Mm-hmm. The, the most purest form is the life only payout, which says we're going to pay you the maximum amount based on how long we expect you to live. But if something happens to you early, mm-hmm. it's game over. The insurance company keeps the change, yeah. as I say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is no residual amount to go to any named beneficiaries. Yeah. And the trade-off for that payoff is we get the highest amount paid to the individual policyholder. Yeah. Uh, so there are options that you can elect the, the purchaser of the annuity to make sure that there is something left for the beneficiary. Mm-hmm. And one of the more popular options is what they call life with cash refund. Mm. And the technical definition would be if we're promising to pay you $10,000 a year based on your lump sum Mm -hmm. and something happens, let's say you put in Mm. $100,000. If you die after a year, we've paid out $10,000. Well, you gave us $100,000. Cash refund suggests that we're going to pay you $90,000, the residual amount left over. So there are all kinds of different But if I live for 20 years, I've taken $200,000 out of (laughs) this contract. So, yeah, there's there's a little bit of a risk-reward feature, Mm -hmm. like any investment, Mm -hmm. is to say the longer you live, the more opportunity you have to cash in on uh, a better deal on this this end. But if you don't live as long, then, yeah, yeah, it's a a longevity bet. I told somebody that yesterday, I think. I said, uh, birthdays are good for your health. The the more you have, the longer you live. Yeah, Yeah, that's the way (laughs) it works. Yeah, Yeah. and um, there's a lot of math in there, Mm -hmm. and there's some risk in there. Mm -hmm. Um, And with an immediate annuity, there could be some money in there if you had the money to start with. So uh, sometimes we do give people advice back to Bubba and me and how this applies to us, like, the pharmaceutical rep mm-hmm. showing the doctor uh, a certain drug and how that doctor could use it in their practice. How Bubba and I use these things in our practice is uh, many times uh, we will use this like uh, in, a, in a trust. Uh, maybe you pass away and you want to make sure that you know your kids are going to get uh, a payment forever as long as they live, and, but you really don't want to have them have access to the principal themselves right? Uh, because some people are great with money and they can manage it. Some people, like they, they, they can't. Mm-hmm. And mom knows that. Right. So she passes away. She takes the million dollars. She splits half of it to Bubba and half of it to me. And 500 grand goes into a thing and each one of us gets a monthly check. And she's helped us. And that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But she hadn't given me 500 grand. Right. Right. The the interesting thing about an immediate annuity, and this goes back to years ago before the estate tax exemption mm-hmm. went up, mm-hmm. but say, for instance, that an individual had uh, an estate tax issue, potentially, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, because immediate annuities are not an asset that you would own anymore, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. considered an asset of the insurance company. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a strategy that has, has been used in the past assuming somebody is insurable Mm -hmm. is that you would take say a million dollars and put it into an immediate annuity Mm -hmm. which is going to provide an income Mm -hmm. to you and with that income you buy an insurance policy to replace the million dollars Mm -hmm. and usually you had a little bit of a spread there Mm -hmm. so that you you've got uh more income coming to you than what the insurance policy would cost Mm -hmm. and therefore because it's a life insurance policy it would come to you tax free and that that used to be a strategy used years ago not so much anymore but i'm sure that uh as you get into bigger cases Mm -hmm. like that and if anybody out there 
needs uh, you know some estate tax advice <laughs> with a, you know over twelve million dollars yeah, today, yeah, we'd be yeah. happy to help. But that's exactly yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we got immediate annuities, and we did a good job of, of covering that. Uh, let's go to a, a deferred annuity. Uh, what about a fixed annuity? Yeah, a, a true fixed annuity. The best way to to think about it is just a rate to term product in terms of an interest rate for a guaranteed period of time. Okay. Uh, almost, you know, we get a lot of comparisons that some people will make to a CD where you go to the local bank mm-hmm. and they say, oh, we got a CD for 18 months paying X. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the fixed annuity is very much the same where it's going to pay a guaranteed rate of return for a guaranteed period of time. And that guarantee period of time and rate are backed by the claims paying ability of the insurance company mm-hmm. in contrast to a CD that, of course, is going to be backed by the FDIC. Now, is that one of the reasons earlier on when you were introducing yourself and you were talking about the company you worked for, you said PacLife highly rated? Right, right. Right? So every insurance company, is, as most people know, mm-hmm. are, are given a rating by different various ratings agencies, and that's indicative of their ability to pay the claims based on the products that they distribute mm-hmm. to the individual investor. Right, and we want to make sure that, uh, you know, we make a deposit with somebody that if it's at a bank, they have insurance and they, they, they're deep pockets and they have assets. And the same thing with an insurance company. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that it's highly rated, that they can pay us, whether it's an interest rate or the income or whatever, based on whatever product we bought, right? Correct. Exactly All right. right. So, so now uh, let's say that Daddy Warbucks, our executive producer <coughs> over there, uh, Phil Womack, uh, let's say that he had $100,000 and he wanted to have a, uh, a, a guaranteed interest rate. Mm-hmm. And he talked to you and you said, we have a fixed annuity paying, I'm going to make something up, 3% for five years. Mm-hmm. Okay? Correct. All right. If he took the 3%, he has to pay tax on that, right? That's correct. Okay. If he left it in the contract and let it build, does he owe tax on the 3%? Of the hundred thousand, the three thousand dollars, or is it deferred and we wait until later yeah. on? So this is a unique feature of a variable or fixed or any deferred annuity is the tax deferral element. Mm-hmm. Very good uh, point you're bringing up here. So if if no income is ever taken or delivered from any of these annuity products, they do grow tax deferred. So you do not get a 1099 for any gains in the contract until they're actually distributed. Okay. Let's say it was a five-year product, mm-hmm. but at the end of five years, if he took it all, if he took the whole thing, he ta- he cashed it out, he would owe tax that year on everything that had been deferred? That's exactly correct. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the tax man will cometh one day or another, whether it's taking the income You're just deferring it. You're just, you're just it simply deferring it. So you're mm-hmm. not eliminating it. Mm-hmm. You're just... Mm-hmm. You're, you're passing the now. I'm not wishing this on Daddy Warbucks, <laughs> but let's let's say that he got four or five years down the road, yeah. and he kills over from you know a, a golf accident, you know mm-hmm. whatever right. it may be. Jason women, whatever Jason women, do. whatever right, it right, is. Right, right, right. At that point, then there's a a beneficiary mm-hmm. associated with with this contract, right? Correct. Is it taxable then? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And. Generally speaking, the beneficiary has a couple different options depending on the insurance company and the product mm-hmm. that they've purchased. But uh, you know, a lump sum or payments up to a specific number of years, or they could take an immediate type of payment, like mm-hmm. we discussed mm-hmm. earlier, mm-hmm. with an immediate annuity. So generally, there are a few different options, but in some form or fashion, taxes will be paid. Somebody's got to pay the tax at some point. That's mm-hmm. right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Because you made a good point. The tax man cometh. Right. 
Sometimes we're just putting it off. Exactly. Right. Exactly. All right. Uh, we're up against another break here with Will McDonald and Pat Life, and uh, we're going to continue this discussion related to annuities and what are they and how do they apply and are they too expensive from the Advisors Roundtable on Supertop. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you here on Super Talk Radio today. We have Regional Vice President Will McDonald from Pack Life, and we're talking about annuities. And uh, before we get any deeper, because there's still one or two other <laughs> kinds of annuities we haven't gotten to yet, Will, uh, let's talk about the argument that we hear Susie Orman and a couple other people talk about, uh, you know, I, I, I'd rather die and go to the bad place before I'd recommend an annuity. Mm-hmm. They're too expensive. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to that. Are they too expensive? That's a great question. Um, and I, when you asked earlier, what, what kind of annuities are there and mm-hmm. how many different types? And I kind of said, well, how many different cars or vehicles are there on the road? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's lots of different annuities and there's lots of different products that have been built by various carriers. Some of them have no fees. Mm-hmm. Some of them are chocked full of fees. Mm-hmm. And just because they're chocked full of fees doesn't make them necessarily appropriate or inappropriate, right? Mm-hmm. Just like you say, well, it, you or know, just because they have no fees doesn't make them appropriate, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's a very good point. And so when you, when you look at, again, the car analogy I was using, is a pickup truck perhaps more expensive than a than a Fiat? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. But what are you using it for? Mm-hmm. You know, do you need to haul stuff? Well, a Fiat's not going to help you out, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I think when you think about fees, it's it's where's the value and is the value delivering for what I'm paying for? It? Is it delivering? So you make a good point. Needs? It's yeah. not necessarily the fee; it's the value for the fee. That's right. If I'm willing to pay extra for the tires and the mags and the wheels and the stuff, that's my decision. That's right. That's now, right. they are more mm-hmm. expensive than those standard things that came on the Fiat. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yep. Huh? You're okay. Exactly right. All so. right. So, it's the value related to the fee. Correct. And the conscious decision and the awareness. I think this is the issue. Many times, some people aren't aware they're paying. Now, you, I would be aware that I was paying extra for mag wheels. Right. Okay? Right? Yes. I, but aren't there people that sometimes have a product? They have an investment. They were sold something that they don't necessarily know that they had extra fees on it. Well, I think that's true in any industry, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I don't mm-hmm. think we uh, we narrow the focus down to our industry because mm-hmm. there's lots of times I may go into a store or a restaurant and I realized I was upcharged oh, for yeah, this or yeah, that. Yeah, right, you know, right, right. It happens. I just got my bill. Maybe I didn't look at my bill. Maybe I don't know. And it's right. not mm-hmm. it's not necessarily delivered on one party or the other, but could it be. Is. Uh, but but the idea is just be aware of what you're paying for mm-hmm. and what you're getting for that. Mm-hmm. You know, those are just intelligent questions to ask for any purchase, regardless be. of the, the industry or the product. All right. So you said there are some annuities that have no fees. There are some out there, yeah. A traditional fixed annuity that we talked about earlier, which okay. was a rate-to-term product. Okay. If they say it's 3% for five years, like you mentioned a few minutes ago, there are no fees with that product. Okay. Now, when I say no fees, doesn't mean there are no cost, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's cost to everything. Okay. And what I think of when I say there are no fees, typically most deferred annuities, like a fixed annuity we talked about, comes with the declining surrender charge schedule, right? Okay. Which means if you ever want to liquidate or take more than the annual available amount, which is typically 10% a year. If you ever need to take more than that, you're subject to a penalty. Okay. And so I, I think of a penalty as a function of a fee, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so I think on, that's, on, on that type of product, if I put in $100,000 and needed all my money out in year two, 
and it's a three-year product, I may have a surrender penalty. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, then that could be 4%. It could be 6%. It could be 12%, just depending on the carrier and how they design the product. Mm -hmm. But you get your money, but it's less the fee or less the the expense. That's right. So there may not be any hard fees Mm -hmm. on a fixed annuity, Mm -hmm. but there's still a cost, and that cost is limited access to your money. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, All right. And the other thing that you know we have to understand is the insurance company is taking the $100,000 mm-hmm. and they're putting it in their general account and they're going to make a little money, but that's the way insurance products, insurance, insurance companies are structured. Uh, so yeah, they may make a little money off of your money, but they're going to give you that 3% because it's a contract. Exactly. Yep. It's exactly. a contract. Correct. You signed something and they agreed to something. And uh, as long as the, the company is strong, like That's we exactly. discussed earlier, you can count on, on your, your, uh, your 3% in this example. All right. So those are uh, fixed annuities. Are there other kinds of annuities other than immediate and fixed? There are. There's also variable annuities. And as the, the name might imply... Uh, there are variable returns. And when I say variable returns, typically a variable annuity is tied back to some uh, level of sub-accounts, which are market investments, like a large-cap value fund or a large-cap growth fund inside of the variable annuity that's going to determine your daily performance. And that daily performance will fluctuate in accordance to the level of risk that you've allocated. So it's basically an investment account that has an insurance wrapper around it. That's exactly right. And that insurance wrapper qualifies you for the tax deferral we discussed earlier. Ah. Yeah. So if, if you have this, this investment account and it's invested in four or five of the mutual funds or whatever uh, uh, investments available, the sub accounts, you call them that the insurance company has inside this account and the account goes up 15%. Mm Mm-hmm. Last year, we saw some do that. We did. We did, right? Mm -hmm. Last year. And so, Daddy Warbucks, he was lucky. He put the money in year before last, $100,000. He's got $115,000. If he doesn't take the money out, it's still deferred, right? That's correct. Deferred until you take a dollar out, then it's taxable to the extent there are gains in the contract. Okay. All right. But this year, the market hasn't been that great. Mm -hmm. So, he may be down 15 or 20%. As long as he doesn't take it out, then he can't claim a loss or a gain or whatever. Now, how long are these contracts for? Another good question. There's, there's all kinds of a gamut of uh, surrender charge schedules. Mm-hmm. Some are completely liquid. The average variable annuity contract tends to be five, six, seven years long, but they can be longer. I've seen mm-hmm. ones that are eight, nine, and ten years. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, important questions to ask if this is something you're considering. If what are the fees? How long is the surrender mm-hmm. charge schedule? Yeah, those are. Uh, and basically, the surrender charge schedule tells me how long I need to leave it in there, so I don't have a risk of paying this extra fee or uh, that charge. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. But you also alluded to a second ago that I have access to ten percent of it a year. Explain yeah, I, that. I was making a very general comment there where most. Uh, fixed annuities, most variable annuities, even though they have this back-end surrender charge schedule that can vary by insurance company, most of them will give you the option to take up to a 10% uh, distribution of your money in any given year without a penalty. Mm. So that's typical for a variable annuity contract as okay. well. All right. And, and they're giving you some 
liquidity on your money just in case life happens. That's right, because life does happen and things change and uh, you know people's income needs change and you may not think you're going to need it for four or five or six or mm-hmm. eight years. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden something happens and you do. Uh, so yeah, yeah, there is that privilege to be able to take out a certain amount. Again, typically 10% is an industry standard, but it varies by contracts. So I'd be sure to, to read all the details mm-hmm. of anything you're considering investing in. All right, speaking of the details, uh, how long are these contracts? I mean, if I really was an engineer and I wanted to know everything and I wanted to read everything, is it two pages? Is it 40 pages? How long are these things? Again, depends on the carrier and depends on the type of product of a fixed annuity versus a variable annuity and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, generally speaking, the contract can be 30 or 40 pages, mm-hmm. you know, and, but they've got to cover all their bases from a legal standpoint yeah. to make sure every ground is covered, every I is dotted and every T is crossed mm-hmm. to make sure the individual investor understands everything they're getting uh, invested in. But more importantly, it's a regulated industry very mm-hmm. highly by the regulatory bodies and authorities mm-hmm. that want to make sure the investor is making a very educated decision such that if they're buying something they didn't understand, mm-hmm. everything was spelled out very clearly in the contract. Right. I, Greg, I, I would also say that for uh, normal types of investments like a stock or mm-hmm. mutual fund, there's something called a prospectus, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And a prospectus can be hundreds of pages long. Mm-hmm. So that, mm-hmm. while a prospectus is not a contract, right. it goes through all the details of the company and the uh, investment, or et cetera, et cetera. So all the risk associated there with blah, right. blah, blah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. right. So uh, Bubba, in your experience, you find very many clients read this thing? In my experience, I find that uh, maybe about 2% of the clients actually read it. Right. You know, they might look at the first page or mm-hmm. the uh, declarations page usually. Mm-hmm. And if everything looks good to them, uh, then, then they're just going to rock on like they... Well, and, yeah. and a lot of it, I love the yeah. uh, analogy that Will gave us about going to the doctor and mm-hmm. the pharmaceutical rep and all that sort of stuff. A lot of times, you know, the doctor says, okay, Bubba, you've got this high cholesterol and you take this drug. Yeah. But now here's a fact sheet that has all the side effects. And if you read that fact sheet, <laughs> yeah, you're going to think twice about taking those drugs. Right. Yeah. But right. you look back over mm-hmm. at your doctor, he or she, and you say, I don't want to bleed from my eyeballs. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but you, you, it comes to a trust kind of thing, it does. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think there's there's some level of in addition to there being this forty page contract you get when you purchase it, Bobby. You mentioned the prospectus, which mm-hmm. is delivered before purchase, that mm-hmm. outlines all right. the details. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, most most of these contracts have what I would call user-friendly or client-approved materials Mm -hmm. that generally lay out the specifications on the contract in very layman's terms. Mm -hmm. Like a two or three or six page brochure that kind of explains Mm -hmm. the bullet points or the highlights of what you're considering purchasing without having to dig through 40 Mm -hmm. pages of material. Albeit those 40 pages are really important and should be read and considered. Mm-hmm. If you just want to know the highlights, it's usually mm-hmm. available in a very user-friendly fashion. Yeah, I, I would agree with yeah, that. Yeah, uh, quite actually. And we we get that stuff all the time. And that's mm-hmm. the, uh, some of the other material you were talking right. about reading every day, mm-hmm. keeping up with every day. Because this is a highly competitive industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh? I mean, Will McDonald and Pat Life, not the only people out there... Competing for the dollars of the investment mm-hmm. public, right? So that's uh, that's it, where it's our job to try and educate mm-hmm. professionals like yourself 
pack life in the end all be all yeah. for all situations but here's how we're different some some of the competitors mm -hmm. and we see a client that looks like this or is asking for this this is where we are yeah. right. particularly competitive and you, and you realize what a, comp a competitor's doing you guys may tweak something absolutely yeah. right absolutely right. constantly innovating yep. uh, and along with that i would say that you know a competitor's product may be appropriate for phil mm -hmm. whereas will's product may be appropriate for you greg mm -hmm. yep. so there, there's a difference in those products that are out there for a reason yep just like there's a difference yep. in medications exactly for different mm -hmm. patients and their efficacy is based on whatever right. uh, in your blood chemistry mm -hmm. um we're going to have a, we have another break here at the Advisors Roundtable. We're going to continue this discussion here with Will McDonald, Regional Vice President with PacLife. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio with Certified Financial Planners Cooley and Lavis. And today, our special guest is Regional Vice President Will McDonald with PacLife. Well, we were talking uh, about uh, variable annuities uh, earlier, and you said basically, you know, in its simplest form, it's an investment product with an annuity wrapper, all right? Um, tell me about all the nuances of these various offerings that I, if Bubba wanted to have the mag wheels and he wanted to add guaranteed income or a death benefit or whatever, can can he do that in, you know, with with these products? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in its, um, in, its, in its simplest form, as you said, it's a tax-deferred variable investment where you're invested in a multitude of sub-accounts where you're gonna go up and down with the market. But so, so for many people, they would say, you had me at tax deferred because I hate paying taxes. That's right. right. I mean, it, and in and of itself, there are plenty mm -hmm. of tickets or uh, contracts sold, contracts purchased that are just for the form of I want long-term market performance and I want to shelter my mm -hmm. taxes. Mm -hmm. And so right. that is its purest form. There are plenty of those sold where mm -hmm. you said you had me at tax deferral. I mean, that's, right. that's a really good point. But in addition to tax deferral, companies have gotten very creative in their innovation in terms of trying to offer additional features because other than of this just competitiveness thing we talked about. That's right. About, right? Innovation and competition. If Prudential comes up to, with, you know, you got to probably come to that too, you know, or that's right. AIG or whoever. Yeah. And always with a different twist mm -hmm. that, you know, mm -hmm. on, on what you see in the landscape. Okay. Well, we're going to do the same thing, but we're going to do it with this little twist. Gotcha. Um, so, uh, yeah, there are all kinds of different optional riders you can attach to these variable annuity contracts in addition to just having tax deferral. Mm -hmm. And those riders can be death benefit riders, they could be capital preservation riders, okay. or they could be income riders. Well, let's talk about death benefits first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What does that mean? So uh, one feature with most variable annuity contracts, again, most, not all of them have this, but most of them come with at least a return of principal feature. And what that says is if you invest $100,000 today, the market's gonna go up or down. We know that mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. And hopefully over time it goes up. But if you're, policyholder happens to pass away and we've been in a down market like we have been for the last several months so if i invested a hundred thousand dollars in january mm -hmm. and i look at my statement and it's down to seventy eight thousand mm dollars which is very likely that it could happen that way for sure. that time period right yep. and i look at that statement and i have a heart attack and keel over and die <laughs> right that's really that, unfortunate for yeah. you but really fortunate for your family should you have owned one of these annuity contracts right. with the death benefit because they would say the insurance company is going to pay you back your full hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars, even though it was only worth seventy-eight. That's what we refer to as okay. usually a standard or return of uh, return of premium death mm -hmm. benefit in the industry. Okay. okay. Now, what if along the way, that about two months into it, Bubba had called up and said, "You know, you told me, Will, that I had this ten percent I could take out, mm -hmm. and I want to 
buy a pontoon. So send me my $10,000 of the 10% of you the You may not 100. want to buy a tank of gas for my pontoon. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> $10,000 these days. Yeah. That's the truth. And so he takes the 10000 out. Now, you guys, are you still on the hook for the 100 or are you on the hook for what he left you with? Yeah, uh, very good question. So generally, each company is going to run a different calculation on how they determine what the new death benefit value is. But it's still going to be some level of protection mm-hmm. that's over and above just your market value. Mm-hmm. So even though it's still worth 78, mm-hmm. your death benefit may be 90,000, which okay. was the 100 minus you took out, mm-hmm. or it could be some slightly different calculation mm-hmm. that could result in it being 84 or 85 or 86, right. but it's still not 78. Sure. So there are different ways to calculate it without getting into mm-hmm. all the crazy actuarial details. Okay. But the death benefit there is protection for when the market, if the market is actually in a correction, when the policyholder passes away. Now, now the converse of that, though, mm-hmm. let's say, for instance, that we, we, I did this in January of 2021. Okay. And we got six months through the year, and things were going well, and, and then I died halfway through the year. A year ago. Mm-hmm. A year ago. Okay. Right? So different markets, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. At that point, I wouldn't really need the death benefit because the account value is higher than what I put into it. Yeah. Right. Well, this is a, and that would go to my heirs, right? That's exactly right. So uh, they they give you the best of the mm-hmm. better of the two. So if when when you per, when you pass away, the beneficiaries will get either the contract mm-hmm. value or this return of premium feature, whichever one of those two is better. Okay. So it's almost like a best ball situation mm-hmm. in golf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is the contract value better or is the premium mm-hmm. minus your withdrawals better? Whichever one of those two is better, will go to the name beneficiary or beneficiaries. Okay. Now, I would I would ask this. Mm-hmm. Most individuals that buy these are not necessarily buying them for the death benefit. I think that they're mostly buying these for either, either the tax deferral mm-hmm. or for an income benefit. Oh. So how do income benefits work? Yeah. Yeah, so this has been the really the latest innovation and in where tweaks have happened in the marketplace over the last 10 or 15 years where while tax deferral has been an important element, the death benefit has been an important element. If these are really truly at, at their heart of hearts, mm-hmm. retirement vehicles and used to be saved for retirement, then people said the investor population kind of said, what well, death benefits are great, but I only get that if I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, and right? I don't even get it. It goes right? to somebody uh, else. Yeah, and, and that's great. And I, mm-hmm. I want to protect my family, but I really like to protect myself just as much as I want to protect my family. Yeah. And so where they've uh, drawn some innovation is, what they call withdrawal benefits or income benefits. There's a number of different lingo terminology that different carriers will use for theirs. But essentially, what the insurance company is promising with these types of riders is some type of income stream that you cannot outlive. Mm-hmm. Earlier, Greg, we were talking about immediate annuities mm-hmm. and exchanging a lump sum for lifetime of payments. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing here, except the difference is when we talked about immediate annuities earlier, those are fixed payments. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. The variable annuity offers a fixed type of payment, but with the opportunity that if the market cooperates and as it grows over time, you should be able to get more income for life. Gotcha. So it's generally, if you're outside of annuity in a mutual fund and you start taking income during your retirement mm-hmm. and the contract or the, the, the market value, I should say, slowly deteriorates over time, there's a possibility you could run out of money. Mm. And so what the variable annuity contract is attempting to do is give that investor the best of both worlds, okay. allowing them for that long-term potential for market growth but if the opposite happens and they deteriorate that account balance over time and it runs out of money, then there is a promise that the insurance company company is going to continue to make payments mm-hmm. uh, for as long as you're around. Okay. All right. So, you know, when somebody retires, most of the time <laughs> uh, they need 
some kind of income. I mean, they, they had a paycheck. And I can't tell you how many times I've said it on this show, but that's the reason people own investments. It's for income, mm-hmm. whether income now or income later. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And so, you know, if you, if you were making $50,000 a year and you mm-hmm. were working on the, the shop floor and you suddenly got to be 65, not suddenly, 65 mm-hmm. years, to, right. <laughs> you got you turned 65 um, and you say, you know what? My knees hurt. Mm-hmm. My back's sore. I'm 65 years old. Yeah. I've done this for 40-something years. I want to go home. Uh, very few people can go home and not need any money. Right. Right? Right. Yep. So how do we create that? Uh-huh. How do we replace it? Right. And, and that's really the question a lot of times people are asking when they come in to see you, right? Yeah. And many times, you know, sometimes they'll have a pension. Mm-hmm. Uh, most all times they will have uh, Social Security. Mm-hmm. And you're looking to fill that gap. Okay. And you want to fill that gap with something that's going to be guaranteed in most instances. So let's do the math for old yeah. Warbucks over there. Let's yeah. say he was making $50,000 right. a year and his Social Security is 2000 Okay. But, he, yeah, so $25,000 there. So half of his income is made up, right? Let's say that he's got another pension, right? For, for $500. Another, so that's another six grand, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we need to make up a gap of about $20,000. Yeah. Right? Right. So on that, I would say somewhere a four or five hundred thousand dollar contract would produce an income guaranteed for life. And so he can go home and tell his wife, "Hey, I can retire." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have replaced all our pre-retirement income yeah. with post-retirement income that's guaranteed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where you and I find in our writing yeah. of prescriptions mm-hmm. the app- uh, the applicability of annuities, right? Right. And many times we explain it to people and we'll say, this is a prescription that we, uh, we think is best for you. Right. And from a family planning point of view, people want to know that that mailbox money is there. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. They, they were living on 50 grand a year. Now they turn 65. They continue to want to have 50 grand. Mm-hmm. Um, and many times it is available if you got savings, right, and that's one of the reasons that we're always talking, and we do this show is to encourage you to have that pile of money to mm-hmm. supplement the social security and the pension, so that you can still have a post retirement, much like your pre retirement. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot, yep. Will. Thank y'all for having me. It's always great to see you in Corinth, Will, regional vice president with Pack Life here on the Advisors Roundtable, Super Talk Radio. discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the 
appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Mm-hmm. 